we spoke about the students transitioning into the community. If you are from, you've studied outside the country and you are here, now you don't know what's happening, that message is also for you. Please see Frida, and uh, then you can be part of the Briar as well, okay? Because it's all about being connected. Amen? Let's pray for the word. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you, Father God, that you are so faithful to us. Lord, thank you that you reached out to us. And now you have commissioned us to reach out to others. Lord, may we do that faithfully. And help us, Lord, with your word this morning. Remind us again of why we are here. Why we exist as a church. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, when we were worshipping, I, I felt like the Lord took me sort of uh, over the city, just, just an eagle's view. You know, I, I went as far as, you know, Evelyn Street, and then I started coming back. Uh, I passed by Havana there, and then all the way here at, at Herrero Mall, and then just coming, coming, coming and over the hospital, and and then I, I sort of drifted to Comasdal and just there by Star Hotel. And, and all over, all over, all over, all over. And then I came back to church. <laughs> it sounds like I was sort of out, out of myself. But I just felt like the Lord was just saying, that's community. And today the message is about going into community. And um, think about those areas that I just mentioned. Think about those areas. I didn't stop there in Komasdal. I also came and I was sort of here in our CBD area and went all the way to Klein and Coupe there, Olympia. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Prosperita there, Sivabasia, and then I came. You know. <laughs> so that, that's our community, friends. That's, that's our community. And, and we need to go there. We need to go there. Now, it's interesting that you have to go somewhere where you stay. I don't know how, how does that work, but, but that's, that's the picture. And something really burdened me when I was seeing sort of these pictures of this community. And I, I just feel like it's people living in, this, in these places that don't have the hope that you have. You have an amazing hope in your heart, and there are people that we pass by every day, people we greet, people we smile, people we know, some are family members. And, and somehow it's just, it's just like we, we are privileged. It's like, oh, I thank God, I'm so privileged. But I, I feel for you. When people are talking to us, we just go like, sure, sure. I really do feel for you. And then when you walk away, you just go like, Lord, I'm so grateful that I'm not there. But that's not the kind of attitude we should have. The attitude we should have is to share the hope that is in our hearts with others. And just open our hearts and say, friend, I've found something. Come. I met someone. And so, that is our message this morning. Let's pray and go home. Amen. <laughs> but, uh, that was not me. But I, I must say that um, last year we spoke about unto the list of this. And that message one, one, once if you look at this photo, you might think, ah, we, we are going there again. I think this message will take a bit of a, of, a, of a different direction. That yes, there are people in need in our communities, but the greatest need is sinners needing a savior. That's the greatest need. And so that's our message this morning. That's where we are going. Um, forgive me if you, uh, if, you got, if you are a bit disappointed that we, that's not what we are looking at. We're going to look at that eventually. 
Because when Christ comes into our hearts, we need to be changed, we need to be transformed, and we must be a different people that care for others, that looks after others. But the need that is out there is primarily that we are all sinners. And if sinners giving you bread will not help the situation of my sin, Putting a shelter at your house will not deal with the issue of sin. And so that's why I believe when God looked at when God looked at Abraham, when, I mean Adam when he was alone in a garden, he said it is not good for men to live alone. And, and that was the beginning of community. That was the beginning of relationships. And community is about relationships because community is about being connected. It's about living together as people. And, and God brought us to that place where he said, I want to begin with people. Revealing myself to creation. I must begin with men. So Abraham, I mean Adam, became then that place where love must be felt where love must be given, where trust is to be communicated in the way that it must be communicated. So that's, that's if you look at chapter 2 of Genesis, verse 18, that's where it begins. But it doesn't stop there. It does not stop there. There we go. Is that all right? Is that all right or is that all right? <laughs> it does not stop there. We see that Adam and his wife, they share this amazing communion, being together in that relationship. But if you look at Noah, Noah was another sort of example of what that community needed to look like. Because when God was looking all across the world, he says he could find no one that who could honor his name. But then, with another glance, he saw one man and his family. And this one man was honoring God. And he took this one man and he saved this one man so that he can continue proclaiming the faithfulness of God. From Noah, we see Abraham. Now, the difference between Abraham and Noah is Noah was a nuclear family. But with Abraham, we see that Abraham is traveling with his cousin, Lot. And so it, so it grows into an extended family. Husband and wife, when they, get, when they just got married, now they had kids, and now there is cousins. And so we see that picture sort of portrayed all through those three characters. But then... All through the Old Testament, we see these amazing people of God growing and growing and growing that other nations can also see. The kingdom of Israel became an amazing kingdom that even people from Africa had to travel to go and see this amazing kingdom. When the temple was built, that house was supposed to be the house of prayer for the nations. And so people, it had a pulling factor. People were coming to see the wonders of God that he has revealed through Solomon. And indeed, once they left, they took something away with them. The Queen of Sheba is a great testimony of that. Later we see in the New Testament that it wasn't just now a focus on individuals and their families, but now a focus on the people of God. A nation, a people belonging to God. The church became the focus. And so that's what we are going to look at today. So humanity, humanity, is, bound, humanity is bound to relationships, friends. We cannot talk about reaching out without building genuine relationships with people we are reaching out to. Now, I don't know about you, 
But the other day I was driving there by Katutura Hospital, coming out of the hospital into the street there. And there by the security, by that security house, there was a guy there. And as I was driving, my window was down. Of course, I need some air, natural air. And so I, I heard this guy shouting. So immediately I looked, is he, is he fighting with someone? And then I saw that the, the brother was preaching the storm there. He was just standing there preaching. Come to Christ, you are sinners. And that's all I heard, and I drove past. As I was driving, I was thinking, because the picture was so amazing, because there was no one there standing, listening. Everyone was just walking past, you know, except the security guards who were in the house and, and the memes there cooking their things. But everybody else was just busy walking past. Now, if you know about our people, the moment you open your mouth, they want to know who are you? Why are you talking? This, this is how we are. This is how, I don't know whether other nations are also like this, but here in Namibia, you have this thing where if you don't introduce yourself and you just start talking, people go like, who, who is this person talking? And wh- why are they talking? Why should I listen to them? You know, that, that, that shows clearly that there's no relationship. There's no relationship. So how can we preach effectively without having relationships with people? Now, I don't know where that tradition and that culture of standing at street corners and just preaching comes from. And I'm, I'm sure God uses it. I'm not, so, I'm not saying God does not use it. But how many people, because this, this person, no one was really standing to say, okay, I want to receive Christ. He was just proclaiming. And God could use that. I'm not saying he can't. But how do you measure your efforts and your work? And so relationships are very, very important. So the kind of going out into community that I'm talking about is going where you have genuine relationships. It's going to people that you know. It's going to people that you must build relationship for the sake of winning them over to Christ. And so, because we are created to be in relationships, we can't live without relationships. So, if you go out there to someone, you must build that genuine bridge. That gap, those questions must be answered before the people can receive your message. I think that is very, very important. That is very, very important. So, we must also understand that God started this whole mission. And so when we are doing what we are doing, it's for us to continue the mission that God started. It's not our mission, it's God's mission. There is a scripture in Romans chapter 10. There's 11 to 15. It says, no one who believes in him would be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, between those who are in church and those who are out of church. God's love is poured out on everyone. The same Lord is Lord of all and bestows his riches upon all who call upon him. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. But how are men to call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without a preacher? Maybe the brother at the street says, yeah, I'm a preacher. So therefore, and how can they 
How can men preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of the one who preach the good news. How beautiful are the feet of the one who preach the good news. So, God has a message and this message we have heard. We have heard of God, we have believed in God and now we need to be sent so that others who have not heard of God who have not heard of this message, can also be hearers of the message. And then they can make their own decision. Friends, it's not up to us. Many of us get discouraged when we are talking about community outreach. Many of us get discouraged if people are not coming to Christ. If you make an invitation to someone and you invite them, it's up to the Holy Spirit to convict the heart. It's God who draws men unto himself. It's not us. Ours is just being faithful in carrying that message and bringing it across to someone. Now I want to say this as clear and as slow as I can so that it can go through into our hearts to understand that there is a need out there. We are complaining about our children going astray. Our cousins, people we know, people who grew up together. And they are just, their lives are just going backwards and backwards. So the question is then, what is the solution? Do you just look at the situation and you just go like, oh, this is such a hopeless situation? Or you do something that you know, that you believe, something that changed your life, and you share that with that person. The, the, the reason why people are discouraged, there are so many reasons. There are so many reasons, and all those reasons are, they could be from the situation in the homes, children being raised by, by single parenting, and all these other reasons. But Christ comes into the situation and he says, listen, all those other things are minor. All those other things are minor. I want to rescue your soul. I want to set you free so that you can come out of the circle that you are in. There are people who are hopeless and it's not a joke. People are hopeless. They try this, they end up at the same point. They try this, they end up at the same thing. And we have a message that could take them out of that circle so that they can break the circle. And so that is why we need to go. That is the message why we need to go. That is why God, in his heart, he decided... Because of my love, I'm not going to leave man in this darkness. I'm not going to leave man in the darkness. I'm going to rescue him. Um, something there going, happening? My thing is not happening. Anyway. So the message is important. Okay, there we go. The message is important. And so we are called to witness. We are called to witness to this amazing God, this amazing Jesus. And this is why he said to the disciples that I will not leave you alone. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to be with you, to lead you, to guide you, to help you so that you can open this message that all these things that you have heard and seen in me. Um, in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 17, our brother Luke echoes the prophet Joel, and he says, In the last days, 
I will pour out my spirit on all people. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Not just some, not the elect, not like Abraham, who was a chosen man for the generations to come. Not like Noah, who was just one single man in the midst of horrible people. Not like Adam, who was a man that was just the only man on earth. But now, everyone has the opportunity to receive the Spirit of God in the last days. And the last days are these days. It's us. We are living in those days. Look at verse 21. It says, And everyone who calls, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. So, we need to give an opportunity to those people, just like we were given an opportunity by others. I remember when I came to the Lord, I was in Ochivarongo, and this one faithful lady, she's still working at spa in Ochivarongo up until today. Every time when I go there, I pass by. She was a Herero lady, a daughter of the chief of Inokamatapati at the time. And so she, my question was, how did you get it right? Because your father is so rooted in the culture and in the people. How did you come out of that? How did you tell your father that I'm no longer going to the Holy Fire? That was my question. And she says, if you're asking that question, you must be willing to respond. Don't just ask the question out of curiosity. Because when I give you the answer, you will realize that some things in your heart will be challenged. And so, I had to think about that. I went to Wallfish Bay for three months, and then I came back and I said, listen, please make time and let's sit down. We were under a tree. Started around 10 o'clock. Until 4 o'clock in the afternoon. We were talking. Because, friends, I, believe, I used to believe that the Herero must go to their ancestors. This was not just an scapegoat or something, some excuses that I had. It was a belief deep down in here. So, anything that comes must challenge that core value. You must ask must help me find why do you say Jesus? Why is Jesus relevant into my context? So when you come to Herero Mall and you find somebody there drinking, very young as you are, handsome or beautiful, but when you look at them, they don't see what you see. Help them understand that there's something in your heart that needs to be changed. There's something in your heart that needs to be challenged. There is a sinner in you that needs a savior. That's, 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 we are not just saying one thing and, and we are not, we must bring these two things together. Don't just tell me about the love of God. How is that love relevant to my situation? That's the gospel. Don't just recite that Jesus died on the cross for you and me. Don't just recite those things. You must believe in what you are telling me. Because Jesus, to me, he was not a Herero. He was a Jew. Why did he not come to the Herero people? Why did he go to the Jews? These are the questions that people are asking. You know, sometimes we have this hope in our hearts, but we don't know how to share that hope with others. And this is what creates the dichotomy. Like, like if, I'm, if I'm in Vinduk, I can be a Christian, but if I'm in the village, I can do something else. Because I have not reconciled the two. I can't tell my dad that I don't believe in ancestral worship because he will kick me away from home. 
Oh boy, what am I going to be without, you know? What if he even, even goes to those funerals where they are sitting now as men and he's now talking to all his friends and he say, oh, my son came to me. Oh, and he's telling me about Jesus Christ. Oh, these children are really perishing. Now, I'm saved. I'm not perishing. But I don't believe in my salvation. I don't believe. Because there's not been a reconciliation between the two lives. And so will the people in different cultures, different backgrounds, struggle with different things. How do you bring the gospel? How do you bring that message to the point that you challenge the people where they are at? So how do you witness this Jesus Christ? It's one thing to tell people about what somebody did to somebody else. It's another thing when you are talking about your own experience with someone. And that's what makes Jesus different from everybody else because Jesus is alive. When you are telling me about John Calvin, who was in Switzerland and did amazing things to the community in Switzerland, to me, that is just a story. John Calvin was someone who was alive back then. But the difference between other historians and Jesus is Jesus is alive. Those people died back then and they are gone. But Christ comes through history. And he comes to your heart. He becomes relevant in your context. He challenges you. He challenges your beliefs. He challenges everything. And then he says, now that you are challenged and you are, you are saved and you have Christ inside of you, you have Christ, the hope of glory in your heart, I want you to do exactly the same. Take me in you through other people. Let them see. Let them hear. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, I mean in Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus came, and he did not go like, bang, world, here am I. Here am I. And everyone was like, wow, what is that? No, he came very silent and very quiet. He went in into a family. Watch this. He went into a family. Two people, husband and wife. And then he started from there. When they took him, when he was 12, to be dedicated at the temple, while he is there, the child is lost. The father, they are looking for him. They find him sitting among older men. And they are wowed by the wisdom that comes out of this young boy. There he begins to challenge the beliefs. He begins to speak to those people. And he begins to make his presence felt. No one was converted that day, but he was just building relationships. And when they come and say, yo, we were looking all over for you. Don't you know the purpose of why I came? Challenging the parents again. Yes, they were parents. They took him. He must be obedient. Because otherwise the word of God will not make sense. Be obedient to your parents. It must correlate. And so are you. You came. You are an ambassador here. You came from somewhere. God sent you here with a purpose. And how did he send you? He 
Did you just rock up? No. You were born by your mommy and your daddy. You see that pattern. You are coming out of a community. Now that you are out of a community, you are talking about those people over there as if you don't have a relationship with them. Like, I just don't understand. I'm glad I'm out of that house. Huh? I'm glad I'm out of that house so that I don't have to do anything. I can live my own life. But God is saying, no, go back. Go back into your community. Share the hope that is in your heart. Share the hope that is in your heart. So as the message that you have in your heart, this message must be very clear. What is the message? How are you saved? First of all, you begin there. Because the first testimony that you're supposed to share with someone is a testimony of your salvation. How did you get saved? Remember the woman at the well in John chapter 4? Meets with Jesus right there and then as the disciples were coming and wondering what he has eaten because he says, My, the food that I eat is to do the will of the one who sent me. The woman runs back into the community and says, come and see the man that told me everything I have done. That was her testimony. And then at the end of that story, those people, they say, now we believe, not only because of what you have said, but because we have seen it for ourselves. Friends, we can't be selfish with Jesus. We can't. We must take him to the people. But we must know what is the message that we take. The message is that you are a sinner needing a savior. That is the message. I am a sinner and I have realized that today. And if someone became an answer to that situation in my heart. I don't know how many promises that you have promised people that you say, no, 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 I promise, I really promise, I won't disappoint you again. But then you disappoint them. And then when you are coming, they are like, ah, don't even, don't, don't even start this time. And then that's when you go like, I really don't know why I, it make, why I do those things. I, 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 I really don't want to do those things. Apostle Paul says, the things I want to do, I don't do. But the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Now, I don't know about you, but I, when I was in the world, I used to promise those girls that I will not sleep with you. I will not sleep with you. Those girlfriends, I, I promise you, you are marriage material. <laughs> Only after we... Huh? Then, then. A few weeks later, Oh. And then the question comes, what did you do? It's like as if I was, the other person was not involved. I said, no, but, but I don't know why I do that. I, I try, but maybe the temptations and what, 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 and all those things. But then when you look at the person in, the, in their face, you see that you have really disappointed them. And that disappointment, I could not live with it. It was difficult. So I just, let's just break this relationship. <laughs> because I can't live with the disappointment. Every time when I look at your face, I'm so disappointed by myself. So why do I want to torture myself with myself? <laughs> Let me just stay away. So that I don't have to see you. Then you look at me and then I feel horrible. Oh, then you are just like everybody else. You promise me that you will stay. Ay, ay. And then I met Christ. Christ is telling me a different story. He's telling me it's okay. 
For there is no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm like, what? So I'm not supposed to condemn myself. What am I supposed to do instead? Just leave everything at the cross and walk away knowing that you are set free. Are you serious? Yes, I am. And then I walk away and I start experiencing the freedom that I actually start thinking about my words. I'm becoming wise now. I'm becoming wise. I don't just make promises. I think about what I say before I say it. Because my actions need to line up with what I'm saying. So then the message started becoming clearer. When I want to talk, I now need to talk with boldness and there is nothing daunting me anymore. So let me continue proclaiming the gospel. Yeah, but what about last week? Ah, it doesn't matter. Just proclaim the gospel. There is no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm like, wow. I look back, a year has gone and I have not slept with the women. Wow, this is amazing. This thing is working. And then I became bold and more bold and more bold to proclaim the gospel. So every time when I look, I don't have to cover up anything anymore. Because Christ has covered me. Then the message becomes very clear. The message becomes very clear. So evangelism is not getting people to church service. Inviting people to the church service so that they can hear the gospel, that is the reason. But you are not evangelizing. You are not proclaiming the gospel by saying, come to our church. It started at 9.30. Oh, thank God. I went out today. No, those people don't even know why they are coming to your church. So make it clear. Make it very clear. Don't just invite people. Make it clear so that they know that they are are not surprised. I remember one time I did that and I invited this uh, one lady and she came to our church and then everything. She was like, I didn't know that I was coming for that. If you told me that, I wouldn't have said I will come. Because I don't really want these whole born again things. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I should have told you. <laughs> so we must not deceive people. Because eventually, Christ will speak to them. And then they will find out. So be very clear. Don't hide what you are saying. Why are you inviting? What kind of a church is this? If they don't want Oshiveva churches... Tell them that our church is Oshiveva. Tell them, don't deceive them. But the reason why you are inviting them to church is so that they, are, they give their lives to Christ. Simple, plain, straightforward. You are a sinner, you. You need to be saved. What makes you say that? Because you are. You need salvation. All of us do. Like me, I also needed salvation and I got one. So I'm not just judging you. I'm telling you the truth. Giving you facts on the table. You are a sinner. Needing a savior. It is not just for the poor and those in the hospital. We had an amazing testimony and that is amazing. But please let's also go to Kleinekupe. Let's go to Olympia. Let's go to the state house. There is someone in that huge building that needs a savior. There is people in the parliament that needs a savior. Maybe before the session began, the, the parliament session. Just, I want to quickly just share the gospel quickly. <laughs> before you can continue. You know, this sounds impossible and we are laughing now, but the people need Jesus. People need Jesus. You need to tell them about Jesus. Now, what an amazing opportunity. They are all gathered there nicely in their nice suits. They are looking amazing. They are smelling nice. Those guys smell nice. Eh? <laughs> huh? So we try to make all our outside look amazing. But inside, ah, yeah. Oh, ah. Now we are struggling with money now. Because all the money is gone. 
There are people having our money in their pockets. That shows that we are sinners needing a savior. And this is very serious. If Christ is in our hearts, he will hold us accountable. He will speak about your deeds. And you will not go to bed until you repent. If you have the Holy Spirit in your heart. Your heart will beat so hard that you can hear it in your ears. That something is up. What is it? You listen to the Holy Spirit and say, you need to repent about ABC. Oh, okay. Lord, forgive me. It's so simple, but yet powerful. Powerful. Because once you have repented, you have turned 360 degrees in the opposite direction. What was it? What? No, 190. What is it? 190. 180. 180. <laughs> well, 360 three is... You are just in the same position. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to check if you are awake. <laughs> okay. Oops. So, we must be one with whom we reach. We must be one with whom we reach. I had so many people that until you build that relationship, you just say, hi, how are you? Bye. That's it. There's nothing else to talk about. It's like, hi, hi. <laughs> but if you need to preach the gospel, if you say, hey, can we have coffee? And then you sit down with the person, you speak your heart to them. The relationship is built. So at least maybe greet them four or five times. Be strategic. And then let's say, can we have coffee sometime? Yeah, 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 we can. Then you walk past. And then the other time when you see them, you say, something is pending. Oh, yeah, yeah. You are being strategic. When you sit down, you say, you know what? I don't want to hide behind the bush. I want to cut it straight to the chase. I have hope in my heart, and I want to share that hope with you. Do you know Jesus Christ? What? Yes. Do you know Jesus Christ? Don't shy away and say, oh my gosh, Lord, you must come now. No, no, no. <laughs> Just speak about Christ. Tell them about Jesus. And he says, he will be with us till the end of age. He will be there with us. It's so simple, friends. We don't have to convince anybody. Don't get involved in apologetics. Leave apologetics to the, stu to the students. They have a mind that can argue and argue and argue. Uh, and the thing about apologetics is you win the argument, but you lose the heart. Relationships in our community, you want to win the heart of an individual. That when they see you, they say, ah, that person is really amazing because of Christ. I remember one time I was, um, when Lizzie was born, my daughter, yeah, when she was born, I was at Rhino Park, and my wife is inside there, and we are busy there, and I'm so tired, and I just came out of, of, of the... The, the hospital, and she sent me to buy nipple cream. So I went, and I come at the first pharmacy. There's nothing. Now I'm walking towards Katutura, I'm a central hospital. There's a pharmacy that side. So I'm walking. And here comes a, a group of people. In my being tired, I'm walking with my head down. And group of people, and they're all approaching me, and they have little papers in their hands. And they started talking to me, and I said to myself, what do I do now, Lord? Do I tell them, no, I'm saved? Or do I just listen? So I felt the Holy Spirit was just saying, no, just listen. So I stood there, and I'm listening, and I'm listening. And so they're talking, they're telling me about their church and how amazing it is, and how I need to come to their church. And it was up, uh, the, 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 the universal church uh, people, and and so they are talking to me then. And I said, okay, okay, no, no, just give me the paper. It's fine, okay, bye-bye. 
So I walked. And then, a few weeks later, I don't know if Andrew is here. A um, few weeks later, Andrew comes to me and says, my sister was wowed by how humble you were. I'm like, where did I meet your sister? You remember that group of people that... <laughs> you remember that group of people that came to you somewhere there around Central Hospital from the Universal Church? I said, yeah, 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 I remember. My sister was there. And she knew who you were. And she was just waiting to see what you were going to do. <laughs> I said to myself, really, I must be ready in season and out of season. Because sometimes you don't know. You don't know when you're in the community, you don't know, you are never ready. It's just any moment, any time there, you need to be a witness, right there. What are you going to do? Do you just throw all your things out of the court? In fact, your church also. You guys. But at least in my silence, I ministered to one. Now it's very interesting for me. I kept asking myself, so these people know. And they don't want to come. Because if she is there and she's saying, I will see what that pastor is going to do today. I'm asking myself, why are you thinking like that? Is there something wrong with your church? Why are you thinking like that? It's just my own questions. But so there are many ways that you will be tested when you're in the community. But your message must be clear. Your message must be clear. Your message must be clear. So build that bridge. Be one with the people you are reaching. Be one. Let them see your relationship. That you are really a genuine person. The other thing is. It is not just looking after Christians. Evangelism is not just looking after Christians. So don't go there and just gather all the Christians and do all the Christian things in the name of fellowshipping, in the name of... No, 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 no. We must reach out to the lost. We were saying that the His People name had some sort of an exclusive thing. It was just us against the world. We are His people. Now we are every nation. So we need to go to everybody. We are not just the elect, the few, the people of God. We are every nation. Go out there. Go to the unbelievers. I know churches who are reprimanding their pastors when the pastor is reaching out. He says, we have employed you to look after us. Why are you now all of a sudden fellowshipping with the, with the Muslim brothers? What are you doing? We are the one paying you, not the Muslims. Come back to this church. Then I'm asking myself, are those members really understanding that we are supposed to reach out? We are supposed to be the light of the world. And so please, let's do that. We must point people to the cross of Calvary to which the world is redeemed. There is no substitute for this. The people must know about Christ. And I'm hammering on that thing because that's the central message of being a Christian. Be one with the people in order to share the true and meaningful good news. Hebrews chapter 2. Let's just go read that passage quickly. It's an amazing passage. From verse 14 to 18. It says, Since the children have flesh and blood. We too shared in their humanity so that he too is in Christ. Shared with their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. 
that this the devil and free those who all huh? and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might take atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. You see, there's a relationship, there's a relationship there. Christ did not shout from heaven and say, wait guys, I will come and die for you on the cross. Just relax. I will deal with this sin issue once and for all on the cross. There is hope for tomorrow. Church, until I come, just hang in there. No, he didn't do that. He came. He came and he dwelt among us. The word became flesh so that we can relate. Huh? When, he say, when we say he was 100% man, that means everything about us except sin was his experience. Now, when we look at him, we're looking at someone who understands our situation. Imagine there was a time when, when I was in Okakarara and people would, especially the white people coming from South Africa, we had a lot of white people there coming from South Africa, preaching and evangelizing in the houses. And I used to hear when I was younger people saying, ah, now those are white people. Those things does not work for us black people. They are preaching there, 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 what? Even Jesus is having long hair. So, so all these Christianity things is for white people. So people could not relate. But now you, you can go back home. They can relate with you. You are Christ in human form. They can relate with you. Imagine somebody from America coming here and telling you all about how Christians are amazing in America. It's like, yeah. So how does that help us? Yeah. Huh? So this whole thing of us becoming Christians is so that we can go back. The people that know us, that thought they knew, they will be wowed. But something changed about you. What is it? I want to have that thing that you have. Because you, surely, if you get saved, I can also get saved. If you become a pastor, I can also become a pastor. Because you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> huh? That is a doorway for ministry. Don't just put your head down and go like, oh, I'm amazing. No. <laughs> Preach the gospel. It's an opportunity. I know, I know. I'm amazing, right? No, please. Let's not do that. Let me just... So this is what Christ did. He came as a person. He went into family started influencing his community and his society, and the whole Jewish nation, the whole people of Israel were touched. This is how the gospel also needs to touch our core values here, as I said. And then again, what we believe will, of course, change. Christ came and answered me here. That lady looked at me and says, how many times do you go to the Holy Fire? Yo, that question pulled me apart. Uh, I remember when I was uh, young, I was there once. So, so how are you in touch with these people? No, I mean, they check me out, they see me. Sometimes when I'm walking and the stick break in the bush or something, maybe it's them, they're just saying, is that our son? These are the things I used to believe. He says, no, no, don't be foolish. How can you believe in something that you don't even do anything? You don't practice. 
Isn't this maybe an excuse so that you don't believe in anything else? I was like, oh, it is. So let's talk about the issue of sin. How are your ancestors going to help you with the issue of sin? True, ne? Very true. Because I'm struggling with this issue, and, but Christ has, answer, has an answer to that. Oh, yeah. Ne? We are dealing with core issues here. We are dealing with core issues. So where are you at? Is it poverty? If God is so amazing, why am I poor? Some people don't believe in God because they are poor. But the scripture says, Blessed are the poor, for they shall see God. So there are answers in Christ. We must just go out and help the people to see the reality. The difference Look at this. Same seed. You see here? This is the same plant as that one. So in other words, it was the same seed that was put in both soil. One soil is in a pot plant, the other one is in the field. So where is your seed? Where are you planted? Because if you are planted in your community, my friend, you will become an amazing tree that people will come and rest under. If you are planted in a pot plant that the soil has gotten from somewhere else and now you were brought maybe in a car to Vinduk and you are put somewhere in the corner in your house, you will never benefit anybody apart from just being, receiving the water and everything else. Just in, because you are already under the shade. You must be planted in the soil outside your house. This is not the place to be planted. You are just here for fellowship. You are planted out there for the purpose, for the benefit of the people. Same tree. Look how tall that one is. Even your growth is affected. (laughs) But if you are planted outside, you will grow. The potential in the seed is the same. Same potential. But one is limited, the other one is not. So I ask you, where are you planted? Transformation is what we are talking about. When you are saved, you must be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind. Your mind must be renewed. The way you used to think about things must be changed into the ways of thinking about things in the Christian way. You must, con- must be a disciple, not a convert. A convert looks amazing on top. They behave. They do all kinds of the expected things. But in their hearts, they say, ah, yeah. But the disciple is converted, it's changed transformed from inside out. You do things because your whole system believes in what you're doing. You can only give what you have, friends. You can't give what you don't have. Fear the world versus sharing the good news. There are people who are afraid to share because they will be classified as the weirdos. No, I don't want to be seen as like, you know. But if you are ashamed of me now, I will also be ashamed of you in the presence of my father. If you deny me now, I will deny you in the presence of my father. And this denying is not just only with your mouth. It's with the attitude in your heart. We are denying Christ in so many different ways. We want to fit in. We want to belong. We don't want to be seen as radical. If we are like that, we will not be able to share the good news. Pray for your neighbors. Practical things that you must do. Pray for your neighbors. I know these days there is high walls that you can't even talk to anybody. Gone are the days when people, kids used to play from this house to that house. There was a door, a gate between the two yards. 
The people were, when you cook that side, you take like a plate on the other side. And when they cook, sometimes the plate used to just exchange like this. I don't even know for what reason. If I have food already, why are you giving me other food? But it was for the purpose of the community. It was to keep that relationship going. But today, people have high walls. They only meet at the gate if they happen to arrive at the same time. Close it, close it. <laughs> I don't want them to come. We can't be like that. Let there be something different in us. And I love this neighborhood watch. This neighborhood watch is bringing in amazing relationships that I've never seen before. People are becoming friendly. People are starting to talk. You can join in with your white or your black brothers. You are all together doing patrolling at night. There, it's an opportunity to share the gospel. Do you believe in Christ? <laughs> share the gospel. Invite them to your connect. We saw amazing connect leaders here. Amazing connect leaders, we saw them here. Please, connect leaders, invite the people. The people you have in your connect are not the one that you are just sent by the office, by Mary. Don't just stick to those that, ah, we have six people, it's happening. No, your neighbors, if they are not saved, we want to hear that this person saw the connect happening at our place, and they ask us if they can also join. And then we then connected them to church. Through the connect, because the connect is in the community. Why should people come to church and then connect it into the community? No, man. Let's be relevant where we are at. Invite them to church. Pastor Chris will be here, you'll preach a powerful message, and they will come to Christ. And then once they come to Christ, don't leave them to go there and then connected. No, you are already in connection from the community. Tell Maven, Maven, please don't send this person to the office. I'm here. I'm the one who brought them here. NB, share the gospel with them. Very important. Share the gospel with the people. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. As we stand, I just want to share one, one more testimony. This testimony is, is about what I've decided. Because one thing that I've seen is, as, as a farmer, as I drive all over in the farms, there are people in our farms that are not hearing the word of God, Year in, year out. There are people in the farms who are not, there is no church, there is no form of anything. And they are only working there as farm workers and they, that's it. If they quit the farm and they end up in Ochuarongo or in Okahanja or in Vinduk, maybe their family member might then take them to church. But also if they quit, they must go to another farm because otherwise, you know, how are they going to make a living? So I've decided that I'm going to find an organization, a Christian organization that reached out to farm workers. And this is something that I decided two years ago. So I went and I looked everywhere and I found Amos. It's a Christian organization started by, by, by the white communities. And their purpose is to reach out to farmers and the farm workers. So I, I came to those guys and I asked them, I see that you are all white in this board. Can't you have one black person on this board? For the purpose of reaching out to the farm workers, because I want to reach out to the farm workers. The farm, farmers can go to Ochoarongo. I see farmers driving from the farm to Ocho every Sunday morning to the Enchiekert. They come and then they have coffee with them, and then they go back to the farm later in the evening. But the farm workers, they stay in here, year in and year out, some farm workers have worked there for 25 years, 35 years. They are just in that farm. But they don't hear the gospel. So I joined, I became part of that. Now I go every now and then 
Recently, I went and I married people on the farms there who are living in adultery. And just, just being relevant. You know, if we don't do something, nothing is going to happen. So we need to step out and we need to go. Find the field. Where can you be make an influence strategically? If it is the marketplace, go there. If it is in the community, see where in the community can you do that. And please, the most important thing, share Christ with the people. We can't shy away from the gospel. It is the power of salvation to everyone who believes. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you are charging us up again. That you are helping us, Lord, to realize that indeed our communities needs a savior. Lord, help us to be relevant. Help us to be strategic. Help us to think intentionally how we can reach out. Because this world and everything in it will pass away. But you will come back, oh God, and our works will be put on the table. Lord, you will put everything that we have done And if people are part of what we have done, people will have eternal life. People will come to heaven and we will receive crowns of glory because of people. Not other things, people. Lord, help us to be relevant in our communities and take your word faithfully to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Please, if you need prayer, you're welcome. If you are not saved, don't leave this.